On this episode of Whale Cave, Matt Besser gives an exclusive live performance of his favorite sad songs, Amanda Eggy has Mexican food with an 80s pop star, and host Matt Price enters a competition which no one can win. Whale Cave starts now. Hey everybody, welcome to Whale Cave. My name is Matt Price and we are coming at you. Like the Great Gatsby in 3D. Who's excited about that movie? Okay. I'm excited for uh, Grapes of Wrath in 3D. Anybody? Blue Baby coming at you. Okay. This isn't about movies. (laughs) Movies. Movies is about music. People coming on, telling funny stories about music. Two great guests today. Matt Besser, Amanda Eggie. Really excited to have them. Um, So thanks for listening. Before I forget, also, uh, if you live in L.A., I'm doing a show at the Comedy Central stage on May 9th. I do these pop culture debates with my friend, Elise Mamoon, and we are doing one called Golden Girls versus Girls, Who Empowers Us and Who Are Stunted, Oppressed, Degenerates. It is a free show, but you have to make a reservation at 323-960-5519. So if you live in L.A., please come out and hear us compare Hannah, Shosh, Marnie, and Jessa to Dorothy, Blanche, Sophie, and Rose. It should be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> okay, Matt Besser's coming on the show. In a few minutes. And the last time he was here, we talked about sad songs. And I thought before he uh, uh, came on, I, I would tell a quick story about um, some sad songs. Uh, ex- experience I had with sad songs myself and uh, my uh, former roommate and uh, a, a guest of the show, uh, Mike Blyden. Um, this was right when we moved to L.A. So this was in our, we were in our you know, mid-20s. Um, I lived in an apartment with Blyden and another guest and friend of mine, uh, guest of Whale Cave, Jason Nash. And we were in all we were all in very different stages of our uh, romantic lives. Nash dated a lot of people. I mean, Nash dated so many people. He at one point was dating two women who were named uh, <laughs> I should change her name. Uh, two women, let's call her uh, Kathy. Okay, one he called Hot Kathy and the other Fat Kathy. Now, I met both of them. There were probably seven pounds splitting the two. Like, this woman was not fat at all. She was slightly, she was like, I'd call her normal looking. Like, she was the hot, she'd be like the hottest woman in Minneapolis. You know what I'm saying? She was like, she wasn't like Hollywood waif thin is my only point. Okay, but anyway, he was dating two women with the same name is the bigger point. Um, Blyden and I, serial monogamists, were in tortured torturous relationships. Uh, I was dating a long distance, I had a long distance relationship with a woman who lived in New York and he was dating a woman who was already in another weird situation while dating him. Anyway, we often came home at night and commiserated about our dating situations. Um, a lot of times I would spend the night like I aming my girlfriend about some movie that we both saw alone so we could talk about it, and then because it was three hours earlier, I'd end up on the couch eating Cherry Garcia and watching basketball. I was like a Kathy cartoon. And then Blyden would come home from his deal, and anyway, we would talk about stuff. But in this particular instance, I had gotten in an argument on the phone with my long-distance girlfriend. David Crumholtz, the actor, flirted with her on the subway, and I was really pissed because I was competitive with David Crumholt for some reason. Like at the time, 
we were auditioning for similar things. David Cromwell is way more successful than I am. But at the time, I had like a thing. I was like, fucking there's David Krumholtz again. And he happened to flirt with her on the subway. And she kind of used this against me. And we got in a fight. Anyway, so I was, I'm on the couch <laughs> eating Trey Garcia. It's like 10 at night on a Saturday. Pissed at my long distance girlfriend. Blyden walks in. He just got in a big fight. I think they were at Swingers in LA. They got in a big fight. He walks in. And he, we had this record player that we used to, um, we had this apartment that you could see the hills from where we were. We were in central LA, but you could see the Hollywood Hills. And a lot of times we would open the windows at night and play records. And it was just this really like, it felt very Californian to me. And on this particular night, he walks in and he's pissed and he plays this really sad Leonard Cohen song. And I, I listen to it and, you know, we're kind of just listening to it and kind of commiserating. And then I play him this Prince song. I think it's called um, Why Don't You Call Me Anymore. It's this really sad song about unrequited love. And then we have this idea that we're going to get in a sad off. And we literally are like, we're going to sit down and play each other's songs and try and make the other guy cry. So it's two comedians there while Nash is out with Fat Kathy. Two comedians lying on their carpet, one eating Che Garcia, the other just kind of staring off at the hills. And we're just playing song after song. <clears throat> and Blyden plays Nick Drake, which is really, you know, Nick Drake is just like intensely sad. Um, I play him Dire Straits, Romeo and Juliet, you know, classic sad. Um, he's playing, uh, he play, oh, he plays some Smiths. I play him some bread. We're just going back and forth, back and forth. Finally, I thought, okay, I'm going to win. But now that we're like on the verge of crying, but now we're sort of in the competitive mode. So it's kind of hard to cry like really feel it because we're really like trying to win this thing. So I think I'm going to win because I play uh, Buckets of Rain off Blood on the Tracks. And that's like, that's like, like Dick Cheney would cry at that song. Like that's a sad, that'd make a robot cry. That's a really sad song, Buckets of Rain. And then Blyden pulls out Steely Dan's Dirty Work. Now, if you've ever heard Dirty Work, he, Steely Dan is perfect for a melancholy California night. They're very Californian. And Steely Dan's Dirty Work is about a woman who has an affair, who's having an affair with this guy who's singing. And the guy knows it, that he's involved and she's not going to be into him for real. And the lyrics go something like, I'm a fool to do your dirty work. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. I foresee terrible trouble, yet I stay here just the same. And that, to me, I was looking at my relationship. I was like, oh, man, I know this isn't going to work out. She lives in New York. We're fighting over fucking David Krumholtz. I'm eating Cherry Garcia. <laughs> this is Why am I in this? But I can't get out of it. And I just started crying. It was so pathetic. It was a Saturday night. I was like, two comedians. It was the saddest thing. Anyway, Blyden wins. If you call that winning... I don't call that winning. Two two dudes on like in fetal position <laughs> on the rug. Oh God! Anyway, he won technically. But you know what made me feel good about that whole thing? <laughs> if you have any respect for me <laughs> still, and you're listening, what made me feel good is that like all these artists went through this horrible thing. That's why they wrote these songs. Like Prince, like I felt like I was connecting with like Dylan and Prince and Leonard Cohen. And maybe that's why sad songs cheer me up, because they do. I mean, not in that case, but in general. But um, 
Anyway, that was when I knew Best was coming on. I'm like, I want to get into some sad songs today. So, uh, so hopefully we will later. And here's a little funk break to get you out of it. That was Show and Prove by Break a Straw. All these songs, by the way, are off uh, the Hit the Floor CD, and they're not sad songs. Not of, I mean, money, maybe one or two, but they're we're talking funk right now. I didn't think playing a sad song at every break probably the not a great pick me up. So we're going we're on funky with Break a Straw. Um, hey, really quickly, if you like the podcast, feel free, of course, go on iTunes, give a good review, uh, or email me with any thoughts uh, at matt at whalecave.com, or of course. Follow me on Twitter, at Whale Cave, or write a letter to my home address. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> oh, my first guest, my first guest, first ever Whale Cave alum, repeat guest. It's very exciting for me. I've done, this is my 17th show. He's back. Exciting. We're going to bring back some of the favorites. Why not? Uh, he's one of the uh, co-founders of UCB Theater here in LA and New York. Also just released a comedy album, Woo Pig Suey Comedy for Atheists. You can only buy that on his website, www.mattbesser.com. Matt Besser. Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks for being back on Whale Cave. I love to talk about music. I, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I do. No one ever asked me my opinion. So. But, I, but you, you put all your opinions, though. I feel like on I do. Facebook, I, I, I do. You'll give like, like the not. top 25 songs I've listened to <laughs> this year type thing. Yeah, exactly. And when you were here last time, I feel like, and you've, we talked about this at UCB uh, on stage, I think, a couple times, about uh-huh. your, our mutual love of the sad song. Oh, yeah. So I love having you back. I feel like you're Mr. Your Whale Cave's Mr. Sad Song. I love it, man. 2013. If I could update you guys on sad songs I've been turned on to every once in a while, I would love that. Well, I'm, well please, the floor is open at any point <laughs> in this conversation to get us some sad songs. Scott, one I'm going to drop on you later that I wonder if you've heard. Oh. That's a little tease. Nice. Just a tease. You gave me Aubrey by Bread last time, didn't you? Was I that gave, you? Yeah, we talked about it. We talked about Bread. Yeah. I did, t- we talked I did, Diary. Did I give you oh, both I of them? I don't know Aubrey, if I looked well, up Diary. Diary, Aubrey. Diary might be more up your alley mm-hmm. because Aubrey's good. It's just straight up sad. Mm-hmm. Diary is more of a story, and that's what you were saying you liked. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing is the line between story, song, and sad song. Right. Some are kind of in between. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, regarding uh, Stephen by Blues Traveler. You guys know that song? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. It, it's one of those songs where, like, like, I thought I knew what the story was. I'm like, oh, this is about a pedophile and... He went after a friend, John Poppers, and I, then I looked it up the me, on songmeaning.com or something like that. It's uh-huh. not that at all. It's something about, no, not a pedophile. It's the devil, and the devil is drugs. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Talk about a Rorschach test. Just <laughs> Yeah. If, if the lyrics are too general, you just put your own sadness in yeah. there and go, that's what it was about, man. Yeah. You just put pedophile on it. Yeah. yeah. I've not been uh, molested, by the way, but uh, that is what I put on there for some reason. Uh, but before we get to the sad songs, or you know, whenever, bring them up whenever. Mm-hmm. You were, you were, you had a, another tale. Well, last time I was on, I told like a, my party stories, I guess, my my sexual seduction story, and uh, getting high with bad brains. This is kind of the opposite of the spectrum. This is the other side of Matt Besser. Yeah, I was thinking, what what's a song that is meaningful, and I'm not sure. 
Well, anyway, there's this band, Shellac. Uh, Steve Albini's band used to be in uh, Big Black, famous audio engineer, record producer, uh, big hero of mine. Anyway, he's in this band, Shellac. And their first album had this song called uh, Song of Minerals. And you, you've heard it. I've heard. I, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, it's just the. Uh, I'm not even, familiar with it. Is it's not a story song. It's not. Uh, it's a song that I think the guitars and the instruments themselves are very filled with emotion. It's so raw and oh, yeah. heavy. Mm hmm. Um, and the chorus is, it's all right if it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right if it makes you feel better. <laughs> and and Steve Albini's voice is so filled with raw emotion. And I'm not really sure what the song's about. This lyrics are like, uh, eat yourself out of house and home. If you're going to take it literally, it sounds like someone who has a eating problem or an eating disorder. <laughs> right. Uh, or throw a pedophile, it up, yeah. something like throw up and do it again, and then it, it talks about that the character going out with some guy that's fucking up their life. But it's all right if it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's the lyrics, and uh, I was more into the song just for just the sound of it more than the lyrics. But anyway, I was listening to it one time, and I was living with uh, Amy Poehler at the time, and she was directing an improv group that night. And it was the night I'd just gotten the shellac CD. And this guy that I knew was in that improv group she was coaching, and he came over a little bit early uh, before the rest of the improvisers showed up. And and I knew him, and I hung out with him every once in a while. And uh, we got high every once in a while. I was like, hey, man, you want to come in here and listen to this new shellac CD? It's really awesome. We'll, get, we'll do a bong hit. should not do before you rehearse, folks. But... <laughs> I, I I encouraged it and uh, might have been a mistake in retrospect, but uh, he took a bong hit and um, we listened to that song. And when it gets to that point uh, where it's in the chorus, which repeats a lot, yeah. it's all right if it makes you feel better. We're kind of both in that and I'm cranking it. We're both in that head rocking kind of you're closing your eyes and getting into it. And I open up my eyes and look at him and tears are streaming down his face. And so and now I'm in my head going, What's going on? Yeah. You know, like what would you have thought, maybe? <sighs> well, I would have streaming thought streaming down his face. I I would have hoped, I guess, that he had some emotional attachment to what was happening in the song, you know, and so it was almost a cathartic reaction. But that besides the chorus, I don't know if he knew, right? Like if he was following any lyrics in the song. No, having heard the song, you know, I I, I doubt that was the reaction <laughs> because yeah. it's hard to, like you're saying, it's happening. Pinpoint it's, lyrics. It's, the lyrics are kind of muted, like right. they kind of go underneath, right? The Until the chorus, right? But it's still, and that's happening. It's all just very fast. It's a short song. So, so in my head, I'm just like, wow. You know, as an adult, I don't know. I've been around a lot of other adults who are crying, period. You know, if we're not at a funeral or something. Right. You know, um, so I'm like, I don't remember what I said, actually. I'm guessing I said something like, hey, man, you all right? And I don't know <laughs> what he said. He might have said I'm a, I might be a little high or something. I'm not sure what he said. 
Um, but, uh, so then he goes and does the improv rehearsal down in the basement and I listen to the rest of the album. I don't think much of it. <laughs> so he leaves at this point. Well, he, he has the rehearsal. No, I'm saying he, so he doesn't just go, you know, I gotta go home. I'm having a moment. No. Goes, you know, once the song was done, it's not like he was still weeping. And I know he didn't explain it to me. He didn't go, Oh, the reason I'm crying is I thought of my blah, blah, blah. He didn't give me any okay. explanation that I remember. So right. there was no clear cut explanation. Okay. If, if he gave me one, it was a blow off one where I was like, all right. Okay. And I guess I didn't think much of it. And I don't even know if he said goodbye after the rehearsal. I'm not even sure if I saw him when he left, but then I get a call like an hour after this rehearsal. So I should set this up a little bit more. We're in Chicago. It's a very, very snowy night blizzardy snowy cars can't drive night um but the heralds must go on the improv went on and his group was going up that night so his group went up that night i get a call while i'm still at home and i'm pretty sure it was miles partner on my uh, my improv group and he was like besser what the fuck man and i'm like what what are you talking about and he's like, uh, let's call the guy George. Uh, George just threw a chair at the audience, had a complete meltdown on stage, and ran out into the snow without his coat on. Holy Which shit. is serious. Yeah. In a virtual blizzard. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, did you give him acid? And I'm like, no, I didn't give him acid. I didn't give anybody acid. <laughs> right. I'm like, what the fuck? Did someone anger me something? They're like, no, it just came completely out of nowhere. Like in the middle of a scene, he starts doing a scene and it got really aggressive. And he threw a chair and I think uh, my memory's, f- f- but he probably started crying too. And he uh, ran out and I'm like, dude, he took like one bong hit, but that was like, Four hour, four or five hours ago at this point. Like, there's no way he's in. This isn't reefer madness. He's not that right, yeah. high. Yeah. That much long. Uh, so uh, they went out and looked for him. They looked through his coat and he had a, he had a, 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 some pills in there. Okay. And I don't remember what they were, but they're antipsychotics of some kind. And I guess he had chosen that day before he'd come to the rehearsal, thank mm-hmm. you very much, to go off of the pills. Or mm. maybe he chose a few days before. But anyway, he was right. off of them. And who knows what that is? Schizophrenia, bipolar, probably one of those two. Right, and, yeah. uh, and he was having an episode, but he went off into the snow and we had to c- – do like detective work to figure out how to contact his parents. And they told us, they gave us a little more background, but we, we didn't know where he was for a day and he ended up being okay. But it was one of those things of holy fucking shit. But it always stuck with me. Like, wow, what was going through his head? Yeah. It's all right. If it makes you feel better was going on like that. That is a very loaded lyric right there that you can attach all sorts of meaning to to fit whatever you're going through oh especially if you are off your meds and you're just in this entirely different world you know Mm -hmm. like who knows what who's even saying that like what you've created around it i don't know that's wild my guess is he was it was a great 
rationale for whatever decision he had made about his pills. Mm. That's what I think. I'm off my pills and it makes me feel better. I don't know. That that that's that was my right. Yeah, pop psychologist view of the moment. I'm thinking he like saw an elephant <laughs> and he thought he was gonna trample him. And the elephant's like talking to him. Wow, telling him to get on it. Of acid, just like maybe I, I got don't know. Up. Wow. <laughs> uh, you can get that shellac CD. It's like a advertisement for shellac. It, long- it, but the credit of shellac, obviously, they didn't make a guy go insane. But no, 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 no. <laughs> you, if you appreciate, uh, what, what would you call that kind of music? Um, well, first I thought it was just punk, but it's not. It's it's. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of that too on the way. You know, it, it gets it's kind of heavy. It gets called angular and math rock and right, and, yeah. and uh, it's it's intelligent. Yeah, and there's also to the credit of how Steve records things, like it's a ve- the instruments come through really mm-hmm. clearly and crisply. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm not like the hippy dippy guy who used to listen to Dead and go, "Oh man, listen to the symbols on this song, man." Right, yeah. I'm like I'm not that kind of guy, but. Sometimes the instruments themselves can oh, sure. pull at you as much as the uh, oh, yeah. lyrics. We had Bart Coleman. You know Bart, right? Yeah, sure. He came on. He talked. To, he loves fish. I don't yeah, know he yeah. Did, but he talked about how he does listening exercises <laughs> sometimes before the shows. So he'll like listen for each instrument. <laughs> he'll be like, hold on. And he'll like, this is my bass. I'm getting the bass in. Put that aside. Whoa. Let's get... Okay, yeah, this is a little Tim Panny. Let's go. Okay, you know, <laughs> I was like, you're kidding, right? Wow. And he goes, no, he was dead serious. He's like, no, bro. And he's seen like 87 I've fish shows. I've stood next to him at a few fish shows. Oh, you shows. have? Yeah. Yeah, you, you should know before he'd show he's doing some <laughs> I was wondering why he wasn't focused on my brilliant stories. No, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm trying to Bart. parse out the bass right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's doing. That is good, man. If you are... That's perfect for a fish fan. Yeah, exactly. Because it is a very, they are jazz. They are really appreciate the instruments kind of band. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he does. He knows every little. Anyway, yeah. eh, well, something. Next time you're at a show. Next time you're at a <laughs> shellac show, you can, you know, hold on. I'm going to do a little listening exercise. You don't need to go after their instruments. Their instruments chase you down. And- That's what I was thinking. You said angular music. Are they like angrier music? Because they're nice. sort of nice. They're sort of you. Everybody. Did I, did I name it? Did Who I? Who named grunge? Where were you? Remember this? <laughs> angrier. Seventeenth Whale Cave. Angrier. I spell that. Uh, angular. Just throw that R between the G and the U. I guess. Angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Angry that you learn. We're gonna have to see it with a logo to know if this really works. I think you'll like it better because it'll look sort of like like jaguar. <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't, know. I don't know. It's in the form of a yeah. jaguar with the A's yeah. anarchy. I'm seeing an elephant. There's an crazy. elephant right there. <laughs> I see a lot of animals. Is my point <laughs> when I'm talking music. Yeah, well, cave. You do. I do. I do. What's up with that? Um. Wow. That's intense, man. But he's okay. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he took like, his yeah. pills. Right, he got back on it. Hey, everybody. I got a lot of those stories. Stay on the pills. Couple lessons from Matt <laughs> Besser today, yeah. Don't just change your meds willy-nilly. 
And yeah. don't get high before an improv rehearsal. Yeah, no kidding. I did think bad. you were going to tell me, like, he had this episode, and then he's like, all right, I've got it. Vincent Van Gogh has rehearsal right now. Like, he had some <laughs> funny improv name that he had to get to. Because I love those, too. Um, okay, sad songs we were going to talk about a little bit, too. You said... All right. I don't know. Um, what do you got for me? Because I got one. I, you probably heard the one I got, but I just really? found out about it. And I was like, this is right up Matt Besser's alley. I don't know. There's a lot out there. What's yours? Sure. All right. Here's the one I just heard about. It's Richard Thompson. Go ahead. It's called uh, It's called 1952 Vincent Black Lightning. I don't know that. Oh, man. I'm so excited. You don't know it. Awesome. All right. Are we going to hear it? I'll play a little bit of it. Can I play a little bit of it, Matt? Matt Belknap, I'm at. There's a lot of Matts here. Okay. Here's a little bit of it. This is Richard Thompson, 1952 Vincent Black Lightning. A little bit. On any such like Says James To Red Molly My hat's off to you It's a Vincent Black Light in 1952 And I've seen you At the corners and cafes It seems Red hair and black leather My favorite color scheme right, Let me break down the plot for you And he pulls so far he's, he's complimenting someone's motorcycle Basically this woman sees this guy's bike it's a rare British motorcycle. Okay. Yeah. We, can, we, can, we can turn it. We can. There you go. Because uh, we don't want to, you know, spoil okay. it for everybody. So uh, she's complimenting his bike. It's this rare yeah. British bicycle, the Vincent Black Lining. And she says, it's really be, you know, someone special. I'll really make a lady feel special if she got on that bike. And he goes on to tell her, like, listen, I like you. I'm a dangerous guy. <laughs> but I like you. They kind of date. And then Uh-oh. he asked her to marry him. Uh-huh. She, she says yes. Uh-huh. Cut to a couple years later. They're young, too. They're like 20 or something. Yeah. Cut to a couple years later. He was, uh, the cop, cops come to her place. He was shot in the chest during an armed robbery. Yeah. Okay. That's sad. And the cops go, you got to come to the hospital uh-huh. because he's going to die. Uh-huh. And she goes to the hospital, and he's dying. And he goes, listen, you were the best thing for me. I want you to have my motorcycle. And he dies. Aww. Yeah. I thought, you, I thought <laughs> she was going to wreck, he's going to wreck a oh. motorcycle and kill her. Call Richard Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Do a rewrite of one of his greatest songs ever. That's a good one. I like that. But I thought I was like, oh, best of my like this because it's it's it does have a nice structure. You there, know? There's, kind there's of a song a called uh, I'm pretty sure it's called "Riding with Private Malone," and it's about this private that goes to war and he has this awesome car that he gives to a friend of his and he dies while he's over there. Mm. But every time he's in that car, he feels like he's 
driving the private one. I have to actually speed up these explanations of these stories or I start <laughs> to cry. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Some of these stories are yeah. like, especially the soldier songs. Oh, are yeah. Just unbelievable. Well, you told one last time it was, it was like 18 tapes or something like that. The, yeah. The, that uh, was really 18 sad. videotapes. That's uh, by, uh, I think his name's Jason Meadows. That's, that's the one of, he dies in the, the kid, he, it's not there to raise his son. So the videotapes at his birthday, he gets one videotape every year. Yeah. First 18 years. Really sad. Sort of fortress yeah. of solitude but sad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> People in, in the Netherlands are like, I thought this was funny. <laughs> That's my Netherlands accent, too, brother. They're Brits living in the Netherlands. Matt Belknap giving me a look there. Like, what the... But you've got it. You're sitting there. You've got a guitar. I do. I, I was going to introduce some uh, sad songs to you. Um, and play them live. Yeah. I wonder if I could make you guys cry. I'm trying to think how that could happen. Well, that's what I... You know, I think you have, to, you have to sing along to cry almost. Just listening. I would have to be really good to do that. But uh, I bet if you guys sang this, you would cry. Matt, do you, you have a daughter or a son? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this could make you cry. <laughs> I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> this could, you know, I was talking in the open about that's what I was talking about in the open about Blyde and I trying to make each other cry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Not by playing songs, by by playing songs to each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, it, I was, it I've been doing and that it with my wife because we're about to have a daughter. Are you really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, oh congratulations. Thank you very much. Will Cave, I don't, that's probably not breaking news on Will Cave, but. <laughs> it's not, I broke it on my podcast, sorry. <laughs> but uh, whatever, a couple months later on the Will Cave, that's, we, we get some exciting <laughs> news. Congratulations. How, when is that going to happen? Uh, in July. Oh, great. But they talk about it's good to talk, talk to the kid while Sure. But also to sing, and those songs can become ways to put them to sleep later. That's a theory we've heard. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed as an excuse to play the guitar and sing to my wife. But uh, I'm like, we well, have to sing too. And so we've picked songs, you know, mm-hmm. like, what are going to be the songs? And uh, a couple of them are the luckiest. You guys know that. Song. Yeah, sure. And that that's a song like uh, you can sing the chorus and it, it's it's almost like a happy song. But when you get into the verses, especially when the old man dies and his wife dies three days later or whatever, at the mm-hmm. end you're like... We're sitting there weeping, so we're sitting there playing the song <laughs> to our baby and crying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. funny. I would sing Hazel, my daughter. I'd sing, um, uh, what's it called? Another sad song. Well, I'd sing Tangled Up in Blue mm. to her, like, really slowly, and that it would help her fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like I sang it to the, my wife. I didn't do it as much when she was in utero. Mm-hmm. I know they say you should, mm-hmm. but I did a little. So I would, when she was like you know, a baby, I would sing it, trying to make her fall asleep. I'd sing a kind of a prettier version of it. Yeah. Singing in, in utero is, you feel a little silly. It's almost like doing a podcast with no one else in the room when you're just recording yeah. by yourself and no one's there. I'd also sing Nirvana's in utero too, <laughs> <laughs> from front to back. The whole album? The whole album. Yeah. There's some sleepers on that. A lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You're trying to put them to sleep. She loves, she loves Kurt Cobain. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> but I, it was a whole album I was, yeah. All right, so this one's for you guys then. This is called uh, Two Daughters and a Beautiful Wife.
Um, it's about a guy. I'll just explain it before I sing it. Sure. So the lyrics are more clear. But uh, uh, it's about a guy who dies and goes to heaven. Jesus. And uh, his heaven, well, you'll see what his heaven is. But uh, he's, he's having a hard time realizing that he's dead. This is what you sing into your child in utero. <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay. I keep away from the really sad one. Okay. When he reached the gates of heaven, didn't understand. He knew that folks were coming over, or was it just a dream? Was it just a crazy dream? He saw them playing there before him. What were they doing there? Felt like home, he may be all right. Or was it just a dream? Was it just a crazy dream? Memories were played before him. All the tiny moments of his life. Laying around in a bed on Saturday morning Two daughters and a wife Two daughters and a beautiful wife Meanwhile on earth his friends came over Shocked and horrified Dolls and flowers at the storefront Everybody cried Everybody cried and cried Is there vengeance up in heaven Those things left behind Maybe every day is Saturday morning Two daughters and a wife Two daughters and a beautiful wife Memories are played before him All the tiny moments of his life Laying around in bed on Saturday morning Two daughters and a wife Two daughters and a beautiful wife Two daughters and a beautiful wife Oh, man. <laughs> Whoa. Who's that by? That's by uh, the Drive-By Truckers. Oh, okay. They got a lot of good, yeah. sad songs. You know what? If I was alone, I would have cried. <laughs> because that image of like, on a Saturday lying there mm-hmm. in bed. Like that's a, for me, that's a yeah. very vivid thing with yeah. my daughter and my wife now. Like I, that was. And to think of that being your heaven. Like exactly. That on a loop. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. That would have got me. Yeah. Try singing it. That's, that's when you're like, your voice starts to go. Yeah. So as a scene, so is Danielle just kind of sitting there and you're leaning in singing that? Or are you? <laughs> I don't sing that. Oh, you don't one. sing that one? Okay. I was like, um, I sing it? Annie's song. Okay. That's sweet more. Baby James. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't sing the really depressing. Okay. Ones. You're not singing that. One. No. 
<laughs> Luckiest was the one where I, I didn't think of it being a sad song. You know, right. I don't usually think of it being that way. But if you if yeah. you sing out the whole song, yeah. it's definitely sad. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. When yeah, when yeah. you get to the end, there's a left turn. It's not Fred Jones sad, which I think is or really Brick sad. sad. Yeah. Um, do you know Kylie from Connecticut? That's a more obscure Ben Folds one. No, it's uh, about a wife realizing her husband's cheating on her mm. with Kylie from Connecticut. No, I don't. Kylie is calling from Connecticut. She says you have her number. Uh, oh. <laughs> Ooh, no. Yeah. That must be early Ben Folds. Oh, or, or is it very recent? I'd say it's two albums ago. Okay. After he's rocking the suburbs? Yeah, after that. Okay. I don't, I don't know all that as well. <laughs> There's some good stuff in the later ones. Look, I like Ben Folds. I mean, I, yeah. that's a bit Gracie's a song. Is that the song my daughter loves? Anyway, that caught, that reminded me like, oh, I like Ben Folds. Like it was on like a mommy mix, like a mommy and me mix. Her oh, friends, yeah? my wife's friends made. And I was like, oh yeah, Ben Folds. So I got back into early Ben Folds, but I haven't sort of caught up with his later. When he reunited, didn't he just reunite with the Ben Folds 5? Oh yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Get the song Draw a Crowd. That's off Draw his latest one. It's uh, it's not a sad song. It's actually a really funny song, but it's I'm writing these awesome. down like I'm not recording this whole thing. <laughs> I'm going to write it down. Draw, I don't know how I'll get it otherwise. Draw a crowd. Okay. Yeah. Man, did you have another? That was, by the way, that was also the first ever <coughs> concert performance. Oh, at really? Cave. I thought Fetterman played his ukulele. No, he didn't bring the ukulele. He talked oh, he about did. it. He just bragged about it. I just... How good he was. Well, you probably don't have time for two, but there's one you probably know, which you probably haven't thought about in a while, and maybe one you don't. Um, Do you remember Wildfire by Michael Martin Murphy? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I don't know if I can play this one so well. Let's find out. We're listening to Sad Songs, sung by Matt Bester here on Whale Cave. Our pledge drive is open. She comes down from yellow. M- okay, let's try again. <laughs> <clears throat> she comes down from yellow mountain on a dark flatland. She rides on a pony she named Wildfire. <laughs> Well, when by a sign on a cold Nebraska night, you don't know this yet? No. Oh, they say she died one winter when there came an early frost. And on the pony she named Wildfire Busted down its stall In a blizzard she was lost She ran calling Wildfire <laughs> She ran calling Wildfire she ran calling wild 
yet? No. So, so far, this woman's run out in the snow after her pony. A theme, a theme today. Who's knocked down the stall, and she died out there looking for that pony. Sheesh. Instead of staying with her family, but yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and we cut to the next spring. By the dark of the moon I planted But there came an early snow Been a hoot out howling outside my window now That's an omen <laughs> For six nights in a row She's coming for me, I know Wildfire, we're gonna go. She ran calling wildfire. She ran calling wildfire. She ran calling wildfire. Oh man, you never heard that one? No, no that's like a 70s classic. Really? Some of your listeners will know that one. But I remember as a kid loving that one and singing that one with my mom. And I was just wondering, like, why that crazy lady go running off in the snow? Yeah. And the next the next season, his the husband dies just because a hoot owl said <laughs> the hoot owl wouldn't go away. I love owls, Mom. <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, that was great. Wildfire by Michael Martin Murphy. And the Drive-By Trucker song, what was that called? Uh, two daughters and a beautiful wife. Okay, that makes sense mm-hmm. because that's what it was about. <laughs> hey, anytime you ever want to come back, play some Dude, sad songs. Anytime you'll have to, you'll have to give me a buffer zone. Um, well, thank you very much for being first return guest. Thanks, guys. First concert uh, here on Well Cave, Matt Besser. want to come out of that sad song with the you know most bumping funk tune that's called the getting to it by break uh i was going to come out with like a sophia stevens song but i didn't want to compound the whole thing sadness on sadness that was matt besser with um some amazing sad songs who to thunk it the besser would be into the sad the sad sadness those would have made blind and i cry for sure because i was holding it back you know, I was I was holding it back. I saw my daughter kind of holding. She takes ballet, and she was uh, the ballet teacher wouldn't let her get up at her recital to go hug my wife, and she was holding it in, and it was very sad and cute. And I was I felt like I was holding it in, like my daughter did when Bester was playing that Drive By Trucker song. Woo! Comedy podcast, folks. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm bringing you. You're welcome, America and other parts of the world. Um, also, remember big. Uh, Woo Pig Suey Comedy for Atheists is on his website, uh, www.mattbesser.com. Uh, okay, folks, another hilarious guest right now sitting across from me. I had the pleasure of directing her one-woman uh, one show at the UCB Theater, and I'm really glad she's here. She performs all over L.A., and you can get her on Twitter at Amanda Eggy. one word. That's Amanda, you know, like the Boston song, E-G-G-E. <laughs> Amanda Eggy. Hey, Amanda. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Matt. Um, 
you were saying that inspired you to think of a sad song. It did, and I th- I'm pretty sure you knew it. You know it because oh, yeah. you just brought up uh, Sufjan Stevens. But um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. The Kazmir Pulaski's. That's the song I was going to play. It is. Yeah. Oh my god. That oh my song god. makes me yeah. ball. It's the saddest song the I've ever heard. The saddest song. I played it. That's so funny because I played it for some a uh, friend of mine. Yeah. Played me that um, uh, 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 Richard Thompson song that I played for Besser, mm-hmm. and I played him the Kazmir <laughs> Pulaski Day song. And yeah, it's so it starts out with that. Uh, first of all, his voice, you know, yes, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. And then the second line is uh, the the things I wait was it things you taught me? Oh yeah, the things you taught me when I found out you had cancer of the bone. <laughs> it's like so terribly sad. And then should we ruin the ending? Sure. You know what? If you don't know it by now, I think the spoiler alert, <laughs> it's like that statue of limitations has run out. Then she dies. Yeah. Well, she's like in a bad state. Falling. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, it's really sad. Yeah, folks, if you're still listening, <laughs> want to get into the sadness, Sophion Stevens, yeah, Casimir Pulaski Day off of the Illinois album. Terrifically sad. He has a bunch of sad ones. He has yeah. a song about John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. On the same album. On the same album. It's yeah. like, hey, what could make this whole thing a little sadder? <laughs> oh, you know that serial killer that dressed up like a clown? I'm going to write a song about him. Yeah. yeah. Super sad. So that's the song you were looking that for. Was the, yeah, so that was the song. I was like, oh. Wow. No, you nailed it. This, that's the song. That song's song made me heard. cry. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I've cried in the gym listening to that song. <laughs> And I just can't, like, help myself. If it's, like, on, you just have to listen. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just sad. It could be about unicorn, you know, something positive. (laughs) And just the lyrics, the the melodies. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful song. The the saddest live performance I ever saw Mm. was uh, Elliot Smith at Sunset Junction uh Playing, of course, his sad Elliot Smith songs, mm-hmm. but nodding out like while like he couldn't stay awake. Really, while he was playing, it was because of a drug type situation. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he was, de- yeah. Oh man. Where he would just be playing and then just literally nod out on stage and then wake back up and start playing again mm. and forgetting his lyrics and stuff. It was pretty. I forget if Elliot Smith was post, I think it was post Blyde. No, it was pre. When Blyde and I had this sad off, I think that was right around the time Elliot Smith was getting pretty big. So he might have been in there. Yeah, he gets sad too. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I feel depressed. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That kind of brought it down. That's why I'm playing the funk throughout the show. Like people get a little depressed and then it picks you up with six seconds of funk. Yeah. Okay. But let's, uh, this, the, the, we're going to talk about. He's not sad. No sad. No. No sadness. Although, can I tell you, I'll tell you later. Okay. I'll, I'll bring that up later. But anyway, um, so anyway, one of the, in your uh, one person show that was so good, uh, you told a story about a date you went on and I was, I thought it was fascinating. So I wanted you to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know really if it was a date, but. It was a date. <laughs> I think he thought it was a date. You think so? Well, that's okay. We'll we'll figure that out. Okay. Um, okay. So, well, to back up a bit. So, um, it, the year is 2008 mm-hmm. and, um, I'm on Facebook and, um, 
I get this. Uh, when did that start? Facebook what was that like? That was that was a good time to be on. But or were you kind of early even? I think that like people started move like MySpace started going downhill in like 2007. I think. I feel like about. you're always on the on the front end of the trends. Yeah, you know. I, I kind of was, and that's yeah, that's what. Although the, you're new to Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm actually not new to Twitter. I made a Twitter account like before everyone else was on Twitter. Okay. And then tweeted for like a year and like nobody was on Twitter at all. And then got sick of it. And then everyone joined Twitter. And right. <laughs> so yeah. and now I'm kind of like, oh, I probably should have a Twitter presence. Right. Okay. So, so like I said, then, then I was right Twitter. even then. You're always on the on the cutting edge. Of technology. I, I have been in the past. I don't okay. know. Maybe I'm not there anymore. But you're there. there might be something I don't know about now. Yeah. Snapchat. What's the, That's oh. the latest thing? <laughs> uh, Vine. I'm, you can follow me on Vine. Okay. I have a, um, a video of my chihuahua masturbating. Mm. <laughs> and that sort of corresponds with how this whole date kind of got around not the chihuahua kind of does does. you you're into the masturbation no well okay so we'll just tell the story jumping ahead so 2008 so i'm on facebook i get a message from brian adams (laughs) and at first i'm like you know like brian like brian adams is this it's his picture and not knowing if it's really him but uh the the email just said the comedian question mark and so from this brian adams Right. right. This profile that had a picture of the singer, songwriter, Brian Adams, and okay. said he was Brian Adams. Um, so it said, the, com- the comedian, question mark. So I wrote him back and said, the singer, songwriter, question mark. <laughs> and then he wrote me back and said, the tour question mark. <laughs> and then I wrote him back and was like, the guy who makes me look up words in the dictionary and then go, <laughs> oh, that's a good one, question mark. <laughs> and so... We st- I started this back and forth with Brian Adams, and at a certain point, I was like, how do you know me? And he's like, from the masturbation video. Mm-hmm. And this was like way before Vine, so it wasn't, right. <laughs> it wasn't the video of my dog. It's not your chihuahua. Um, and it's not a real video of me masturbating. Okay. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, sure. depending on your perspective. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but I had this clip uh, from my stand-up on YouTube, and the name of the clip was called masturbation dream and it was a bit that i had about a dream where i was masturbating Mm -hmm. and the bit goes um you'd think that if you're horny in your dream why don't i just dream up someone to fuck (laughs) but no there i was in my dream alone and fucking myself (laughs) right right so um that was the bit and apparently brian adams saw that video and it made a real impression (laughs) So much so that he remembered my name, and when he saw me on Facebook, decided to email me. What I loved about it was that, so how did he get to it? Like, he's either Googling, (laughs) like, did he Google masturbation dream? Is Brian Adams there? You know what I mean? I'm not sure. Is he just on a, you know, because it was on your YouTube page or something, or it wasn't like on a... It was yeah, it was on YouTube, it was on MySpace. Um so yeah, I'm not exactly That's what cracked me up. He's just surfing the internet like, well, I wonder if there's any good masturbation jokes out there. <laughs> Maybe one of his friends posted it. Yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. But anyway, he anyway, okay. So So yeah, so uh 
so yeah, he was like, I love that bit. It's very open and honest and, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he said some nice things about it and he's like, do you have anything else to send me? And <laughs> I didn't really have any other like videos or on, at, on the web at the time. And, um, I was like, well, here's some, um, some blog posts I've written for this website, Mad Adams. And so I sent him a couple of those and he read those and we were sort of having this like back and forth thing. And then he's getting back to you quick. Is he like, is it like, you know, sometimes you'll send somebody something and you want to hear from them for a while, but is it like next day? Like, Hey, Brian Adams here. Uh, I love that blog post. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a hand on Brian Adams' day. Like, what's he's doing? He, apparently, at the time, he was spending a lot of time on Facebook. I think so. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. At one point, he actually said fa- uh, Facebook is a time killer. So, yeah. Right. Um, anyways, he – yeah, so he sent me this message, and he said um, – he said, hey, I'm coming to L.A. to do an acoustic show. You're invited. P.S. I like Mexican food. <laughs> P.S. It's a date, by the way. Going back to my original point. Okay. So, yeah. So I didn't know what to think about that, but I was just, okay. So um, I was like, great. I, I know a couple of good Mexican places. And um, I decided I was going to take him to Alegria on Sunset. Mm. You guys been there? Mm-hmm. It's like sort of in, it's kind of in Silver Lake, so it's sort of in uh, like hipster territory a right. little bit. Good choice for Brian Adams. <laughs> sort of, good yeah. showcase for you and Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah. But it's like a good, really good Mexican food. Yeah. So um, anyways, so I decided that and, and then I, I went to the Brian Adams concert and um, – uh, it was an acoustic show, and I enjoyed it. It was good. All the hits? Was he playing the hits? He he did. He played all the hits. Cuts like a knife? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's I've always been kind of a little bit more into the sad rock as well. Um, so you like this podcast? I do really like this podcast. I <laughs> you do. You like today's episode? And this is so down my alley. Um, I really love to cry to music. Well, stick around, because listen um, to this one. But, uh, but, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in the 80s with Brian Adams. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I knew all the songs and uh, it, was a, it was a good show. And I was a little surprised that when he was on stage, he sort of he started uh, talking about threesomes. Mm. And um, he started talking about how the summer of 69 is not really about the year. It's about the position. <laughs> that shocked me. Yeah. When you told me that, that shocked me. I was like, wow, Brian Adams is kind of kinky. Yeah. So he's Googling masturbation dream. (laughs) He's definitely kinky. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah. So after the show, I sort of like hung around and tried to like meet Brian Adams, but he didn't ever come out from Hmm. backstage. And so then I just like went home and was like, okay. So I sent him a message on Facebook and was like, thanks for the concert, Brian Adams. (laughs) (laughs) And he emailed me and was like, how about we go get some guac tomorrow at seven? (laughs) And uh, I told him to meet me at Alegria on Sunset. And I showed up and he was already, he was there waiting for me. And um, with a 
side of guacamole in front of him, untouched. <laughs> was it browning already? No, it, no it was had still, he been it was there good. a while? No, he, okay. I don't think so. So fresh. So. I walked in and, you know, I think he maybe stood up or something and he's like, I was waiting for you before he ate the guacamole. <laughs> and um, But I've ordered you tilapia. We, we shared some guacamole and, um, <laughs> and so there were some chips and he didn't really like the salsa that they had. So he asked if there was other kinds of salsa when the waiter came by and the waiter's like, yes, but we charge for them. And he's like. You know, no problem. Yeah. Um, Because he's, he didn't say because he's Brian Adams, but (laughs) he was like, no problem. He's like, can I have have one of each to try them to see which one I like? And the waiter like gave him this look like nobody's ever done that before at Alegria. It's not the kind of place where you (laughs) order every salsa on the menu. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little like hole in the wall in a strip mall and um, with really good Mexican food. Not even Adamant did that. <laughs> and so the waiter brought all the salsas and he tried all the salsas and he's like, more of this one, please. And then he sent the rest back. <laughs> I love how he's a salsa connoisseur. He is. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you think he was trying to impress you or do you think that's like his, you think he's I like, think you know what I'm going to do guys? I'm going to let her, I'm going to show I know a lot about salsa. I, no, I think he just like. <laughs> He's just in a different financial position than me. Right. <laughs> so he can throw it. He's extra, like, like yeah. whatever, I'm going to taste all the salsas at this restaurant and find out which salsa I like. Right, yeah. And, you know, if I had millions of dollars, I'd probably do that too. Yeah, salsa for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you're tasting salsa. So we're tasting salsa and, <laughs> you know, um, he was asking, he told me that he thought I should be on Saturday Night Live. Mm. So if Lauren Michaels is listening to this podcast, yeah. <laughs> I have an endorsement from Brian Adams. <laughs> Maybe he would come on and do a set on the show too. It could be like a Amanda oh, yeah. Aggie, Brian Adams. Amanda Aggie, <laughs> musical guest Brian Adams. <laughs> Salsa connoisseur. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, he yeah. So he asked me about how I started getting into stand up, and I told him my story, which is I guess maybe not a very good first date story if it is a if it was a first date, but I, whatever. He he'd already heard the masturbation dream. Yeah. So um, which is basically I came to Los Angeles uh, to go to rehab, mm-hmm. and then ended up sort of falling into the comedy scene when I was here. Mm-hmm. So and I never, basically the point is I never moved to LA to be a comedian or actor or whatever. I came right. here to get off heroin. Yeah. Um, so I sort of told him a little bit about that and, uh, and Brian, Brian Adams is like, yeah, I did a, a lot of acid in high school. Um, but I quit all of that to become serious about my music. So we kind of related on the, right. you know, not doing drugs anymore thing. Mm-hmm. And I was also very impressed that he did a lot of acid in high school. <laughs> I would not have pegged him for an acid guy. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Me neither. Yeah. Beer maybe. Yeah. But yeah, not acid. So yeah, he's got this whole other side, but it was, he was super nice and he, perfect gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, He's a handsome guy. Looks really great. He's, I think he's in his 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he was pretty... I mean, in the 80s, he's probably he was probably younger than I imagined he was. Does that make sense? Like, 
I feel like growing up, I was like, oh, that dude's old, but he was probably like 22. In his 20s. Right. Yeah. Or super young. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. And then that was, but that was 30 years ago. Yeah. 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 So I think he's, I mean, he looks great. Um, it's all that salsa. For a guy in his 50s, <laughs> trim and slim. And yeah, I think he's a, he, he's vegetarian, I think. Okay. So you have a nice meal at Allegria. Yeah, it was really, it was nice. It was, uh, Weirdly, like, um, he was asking me more questions about me. It was almost, it was like, because he was kind of my fan. Mm -hmm. Well, he found you, right. Right. He he had a talent crush on you. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't have a talent crush on him. At least not for, you know, since you were a kid. If you had one then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, And so how does it wrap up? um, Like, do you, you just have a meal and you're like, okay. Uh, see you, Brian. <laughs> so, yeah, so his, apparently a friend of his had dropped him off at the restaurant. That, see, that's the oldest move. Can I tell you something? <laughs> that's the oldest move. I don't have a car move is like the oldest move. Really? So he asked me My to friend drive uses him. that move all the time and it works all really? the time. And he's like, you know, but like a great the, guy. I don't have a car move works. I never thought it worked either, but a friend of mine who I won't say his name, but he would pull the, I don't have a car. Can you take me home move at the end of the night? And it worked every time. And I was shocked. I said the same thing. I'm like, that works. How old is he? At the time he was, we were all in our like, you know, like late twenties. It was just a, I mean, he had a car, but it was one of those, like he got a ride to the show. We'd be performing or something mm-hmm. and we'd have just done a show and it helped that he just did a show. But you know, like he's like, Oh man, you know what? I didn't drive here. Can you drive? And they'd be like, okay. And then next thing you know, they'd get married <laughs> every <laughs> so time. <laughs> they get married every time. <laughs> okay. No, they would just hook up every time. So I'm just saying that's a, to me, that's a, that's a move. That's a move. I'm just saying. May, I mean, I'm not, it may not have been for Brian Adams, but I'm just saying. Uh, maybe if he Googled song, he "Sad Song Podcast" and he's listening, <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyway, so okay, so he doesn't have a car. Yeah, so he asked me to drive him back to his hotel, mm-hmm. and so I drove him back to my hotel. So I'm sitting in my car with Brian Adams in the passenger seat <laughs> of my car, like driving down Sunset. Um, so and funny. I think he had like a little, um, a little camera, you know, a little digital camera. And he like took a picture of me when I was driving hmm. and, uh, I felt, I remember just feeling like so sort of awkward in the car. <laughs> just, it was just weird for me. Yeah. <clears throat> and cause I didn't know what was going to happen when I got to the hotel. Like I didn't know what he was going to say or what he was thinking and, yeah. It was just all sort of, I don't know. Like, I don't know if Brian Adams, like, does this. Like, in every city he goes to, he just, <laughs> like, emails girls on Facebook and yeah. has Mexican food with them. Yeah. Um, or what. <laughs> but uh, we got to the hotel, and I parked, like, right in front of it. And uh, and Brian Adams said to me, he's like, I'm going to remember this night for a long time. And then, like, he gave me a hug, and and that was it. That was it. So he didn't he didn't try. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was. I don't know if he was thinking that. Maybe 
he just didn't end up having any chemistry with me. No, I'm sure he did, but I'm sure he, you know, maybe he was waiting. Because it's like, if he was such a gentleman the whole time, maybe he was thinking, well, now she has to kind of give me a sign before he, before I can, like, pull my Brian Adams moves. That's true. He was, you know like, I mean? he was. He seems like he was being a gentleman. He was. He was, like, he straight seems like a out, nice guy. straight out of a Brian Adams music video. <laughs> Oh man, I love that. And then now, did you correspond with him after that? Was it you just had some salsa and that was it? Um, after that, there was like a couple of random emails back and forth. Um, but yeah, no, nothing else, nothing ever about, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more Mexican food. Right. <laughs> never followed <laughs> he up. He never, I don't, the next time he came into town, he didn't send me another email. Um, I mean, maybe I dropped the ball. Maybe, maybe he wanted me to run after him at that point. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Occasionally. I'll it's hard get, to tell with Brian Adams. We're you still, know? we're still Facebook friends. You are? Yeah. I hope he doesn't delete me. I, does he comment on your anything you write? He doesn't like, comment. Occasionally, does he, he like something? Every, every one, like once a year, he'll like like. I'll give you an annual like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when he gives you an annual like, and maybe I'm too fascinated with Brian Adams, but does does someone go? Is that Brian Adams? Brian Adams? Because like, you have a lot of comedian friends, and I have I to think, think that, some of them, or is this just my own private fascination with Brian Adams? I mean, it is kind of a thing where I am a little bit fascinated with it too myself. When he, the times when he does like something, I'm like, oh wow, Brian Adams liked that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it means more <laughs> right. than like one of my other friends liking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you realize everything he likes is about masturbation or salsa. <laughs> no. You know what you should do? I'm not kidding. You should write a, some joke about <laughs> masturbating with salsa. <laughs> you think that, that would get him? And just see. Him? He's like, 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 like. I think he's t- he's technically is taken now. He's I don't taken? know. Well, I my husband. I'm I was going to say, and you're taken too. too. This is I'm a different married time. Now. You're yes, married. this was 2008. It was like right. actually, I think it was like right before I met my husband. But mm. um, but my husband will like send me Brian Adams articles whenever he pops up in the news <laughs> or something like that. He'll like email them to me. So that is great. I know. A couple years ago, he like. Got his assistant pregnant, and oh, really? Uh, I think I think they're Brian Adams, right not your husband. Yes. Okay. Yes. No. Uh, that's. I think that's a guy thing because my wife dated an actor, um, and I a long time ago, and I will every time he comes up in the news, I'm like, oh, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> blah blah blah. I'll send it. I'll do the same thing. I'm like, blah blah blah. I just got a part in a pilot. Right. And right. She'll email me back like, ha ha. <laughs> right. So I think that's an like that's a semi insecure guy thing or a really secure guy. Your husband's probably really secure. I'm like I don't think I'm on yeah. the semi insecure part. I don't think he's threatened by that's what I'm Brian saying. Adams. That's what I'm saying. He's really secure. Like, not because Brian Adams isn't a threatening force. No, no, no. But he's very secure with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you. I was gonna play out the, the show out with this funk song, but I wanna play I wanna instead switch it up. And play you. I'm gonna play end the show with this cover of a Brian Adams song. Oh, which cool. is really pretty. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna see if this works. 
It's by Brandy Carlisle. Have you heard the song? I no, I've heard her. I know she's great. Yeah. And she had this cover of this song. She's had an album. This was on an EP, but she's had a few albums since. But this is a really pretty song. But thank you for being here. I'm really thank glad. You for I wanted you to tell me. the story for a while, and I'm really glad thank you came. You. Um, all right, folks. Th- this was a lot of sad songs today, but um, it was a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. I had a lot of fun, and um, I want to thank Matt Besser, Amanda Eggy, Matt Belknap, of course, and. Uh, Thanks for listening. Enjoy Heaven by Brandy Carlisle. Enjoy your salsa, everybody. <laughs> I was thinking about all the younger years. There was only you and me. You were young and wild and free. Now nothing can take you away from me. over now Keep me coming back for more Baby, roll it out one When you're lying here in my arms Finding it hard to believe We're in heaven Your love is all that I